On this episode of the AIE Podcast, Gomez tries to figure out how to do things on his own and doesn't do all that well. Also, we have Radozato and Grimbane here to talk about the secret world. All of that coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and this is the AIE Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the AIE Podcast, episode 194 the Die Has Been Podcast, broadcasting from beautiful Northern California on my own. I'm crying, uh, cuddled in a ball in the corner. This is Gomez. Hey, hey, party people. We have two fine guests with us. We'll be getting to them a little bit later in the show. Uh, I have been patiently waiting for Wildstar to come out. I'm, uh, I'm, I, it's coming out this weekend. I'm actually having a LAN party that I'm having uh, my significant other and three friends come over, and they're all bringing their PCs, and we're all going to play, like, all day Saturday. So that uh, that will be, uh, I think that'll be a fun time. Uh, I'm hoping the server will be up, I because it's launch, and it's the pre-release, so, uh, you know, we'll see what's going on there. So, uh, Zada's not feeling well. I have not heard from Ludra. I'm assuming she's still on secret assignment. Um, so, I'm kind of just going to muddle through this on my own, because, wow, I, yeah, there's a lot of things that I don't do for the podcast. Uh, all of the things on the front end are the things. Uh, so, uh, with that, I think we should probably get into introducing our two guests here. We have both Radozato and Grimbane here to talk about the secret world. Radozato, what's been going with you since the last time we chatted? I've been playing a whole bunch of War of Omens, and I won a contest on there. Uh, they had a name, the fourth faction, uh, that was part of their Kickstarter, which is announced to be the Endazu. Um, but if you ever go to their forums and they where they list the you know who won you'll see my name there and the name i suggested in the second prize listing but been playing and enjoying that game um tried some wild star with with the initial um set for the open beta um and i got real sick earlier this week oh but, yeah know, I, I dealt with that two weekends ago and uh my significant other muli uh just got over uh he it started in his throat and just like moved up into his like sinuses and it has finally i think worked its way out but yeah that was that was not a good time for him this weekend so yeah i think there's stuff going around like nationwide yeah well my one friend was sitting there saying like the at least when we were chatting about symptoms because he evidently had the similar thing. It's like, yeah, it's like weird zombie plague or oh, something great. like that. It's like, oh man, please no. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 not I really uh, that. that that's not really what you want. Okay, cool. So Grim, what has been going on with you since the last time we chatted? Well, I've been playing that their Elder Scrolls game a lot. Oh yes. And yeah. I've been accidentally missing a lot of Secret World events. Oh, well, <laughs> you will probably be admonished by Pyramidian. All hail Pyramidian. Uh, but yeah. Accidentally on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last one wasn't my fault. But um, Besides Elder Scrolls, where I finally got past 50 on my main, uh, I've been playing a lot of Watch Dogs the past two days. Oh, yes. I, I have heard that is good. It is very pretty, I have heard. I'm roughly nine hours into it. Wow, okay. And, uh, I probably have it done, but maybe like 20, 15, 20% of the story. Okay. <laughs> I'm so, driving around doing the multiplayer a lot. <laughs> and you, you, I, yeah, you said it was, uh, you said it was a certainly an interesting, like you actually get warped into someone else's game. Yeah, you could do this thing, which is called an online hack. You basically prompts you to go to this person. It teleports you to their location where they're playing the game, and then suddenly this big purple square or circle goes around them, and they know somebody's there. So you got to kind of just sneak up on them, and then hit, you hold the X button to access their phone. <laughs> nice. and then you're basically you're uploading a um, a backdoor into their phone, and you have so much time before you can get away from them a little ways. And then you activate the back door, and they have to find you. And Basically, what I'll usually do is I'll sit in a car in the middle of a traffic jam, 
Well, that, to... that sounds fun. <laughs> it's, it, it's 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 intense because you see them running around using their phone to scan all the people walking around in the car as they're trying to find them. Once they find you, you have to evade, and then it turns into like a street race while you're. Wow! Nice, nice. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we uh, we will get into the secret world in a little while here, but first we're going to go into this week's news. AIE News. The AIE in Eve Online game will be holding a hunt ourselves a length Theris event tomorrow night. Our fearless leader will be flying around QETZ Tac W, and while we all love Lank. They have set aside a hundred million isk bounty to you know on his head. I think a lot of people are going to be gunning for Lank this evening or that evening. So how can you not pass that up? A warning has been issued. Lank will most likely be shooting back. So if you're playing Eve online and you've always wanted to like, if you you know haven't been able to stab him with a spy in TF2, there here's a way that you can blow him up and uh, and get some money for it. Thank you to Lotwook for sending us an update about AIE Nomads. They're finishing up out their stay in Star Trek Online with a Fleet Marks run, which means they're running around earning marks to help complete guild projects. Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, this... Oh, sorry. That will be Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this Wednesday, June 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern, so 9 p.m. Eastern seems to be a theme, they're power-leveling alts in Diablo 3. They're uh, talking an average of one level per minute up to level 35 or 40. So if you want to blast up through the Diablo levels, this seems like a good way. This is done via the highest level of Torment, which gives 16 times experience and a level 70 in the group. It it sounds exploity, but it's well within Blizzard's design. And after level 40, the, the leveling curve very steeply goes up. So you're not nearly getting the, uh, the benefit you were before. So starting June 6th, they start the roam into Guild Wars 2. As a note, this is not a free-to-play game. This is, I believe, the first game that Nomads went into that is not free-to-play. Uh, it's, But it is a buy once, and you don't have to sub from that point forward. You can. I believe you get additional stuff and additional rewards, but it is not uh, It is not something you have to sub to continue to play. So it might be an option if you're looking for something uh, to do. AIE Wildstar. No, I can't do that. Uh, so a, a server has been chosen for AIE Wildstar's Head Start this weekend. For those who'll be playing said game as it launches, look for AIE on the Storm Talon PVE server Exile side. Uh, they will, uh, the director and one of his officers, that'd be Cav and Duras next week, are going to be on the show, but the launch happens sooner than that. So we're going to be getting them on it basically, hopefully we'll be talking about how well the launch went and how well things are going, uh, how, you know, AIE is already uh, happening. So all of that stuff, but keep an eye on the forums for more information as things develop. Also, uh, the wiki has been updated. There'll be a link in the show notes uh, that Wildstar uh, has information how to get in the guild. So if you're if you're looking for that sort of thing, uh, th- there will there is information which is current. Uh, Duras just gave me the URL before we started here, and so AIE is all about social gaming. Whether we're playing MMOs, board game or board games around a table, console gaming, really anything. Sometimes you might just want to sit around grab some popcorn and watch someone play a game that you know. So Duras set up a thread where if people are streaming, they can list who they are and a link to their Twitch stream. There seems to be a lot of services that do this. Twitch seems to be the most popular one. So uh, that is, that is uh, it's a cool thread if you're looking and they usually describe what sort of things they're streaming. And uh, so you can check that out if you're interested in that sort of thing. This is not specifically an AIE thing. And normally we don't like to talk up too many Kickstarters because we don't want to do this, become a place where people just get sick of us hearing like shilling products, but we're making an exception for this one. Most people at AIE, I'm sure, have either watched Reading Rainbow or have kids that do or did. LeVar Burton and company are bringing it back and they need your help. The drive is going great thus far, uh, but we want to see how high this can go, bringing services to many, many schools in need. The Kickstarter, which was for a million dollars, funded in less than 13 hours. And I think they were completely overwhelmed. Like they did not expect this sort of reaction, but it's now at two and a half or nearly two and a half million dollars. Uh, The stretch goals are basically, they're going to be providing 
a year subscription to the thing that they're setting up for a year for more schools, the more subscriptions they get. So, or the more, the more stretch goals they do. I, I, I think it's a great fundraiser. This is one of the first altruistic Kickstarters I've heard about because yes, they're going to be doing this for a living, but it, I mean, it's reading rainbow. It's not, it isn't, it isn't something that they're going to be, you know, like lining their pockets with. This is, they're actually trying to do good. So I felt that it was appropriate to, to mention this Kickstarter. And yeah, Grimbane's a backer. I am a backer as well. So this is, this is something that, you know, I, I think is a great cause and I, I'm willing to, uh, willing to trumpet this. With that, I, that was, I, I, I realized I very much rushed through this, but without an interplay or without, uh, my, my co-host here, I, I definitely want to get into the, the game that we're talking about this week is the secret world. So, uh, Radozato, I see a little redacted here. What, what's going on here with, uh, with this particular, with this particular game this week? Well, as many of you are well aware, you'll need to be part of the 26th degree to have a- to have full access of information uh, within the Illuminati. Um, however, within the game, people can only reach up to the 13th rank, which is still acceptable. <laughs> but just like Agent Sky's birth records, everything's redacted. So that's it for the show. See ya. And and yeah, I mean, he redacted our show notes, folks. So that's you know we're we're dealing we're dealing with some uh, dealing with some great stuff here. Please, he redacted Zod and Aludra. <laughs> uh. But the biggest, the biggest news, unfortunately, because the original plan was based on the um, developer's letter at um, at the beginning of this month, where they said Tokyo is finally coming out in May. And on the on, I think it was Monday, a thread started in the Secret World forums, you know, on the Funcom site, going so. Is it coming out this week? And it's like, and they're like, um, unfortunately, it's not coming out. Oh, and there's a lot of disappointment. And they said that there, there, there's a particular reason why they haven't said why exactly it's being delayed. Well, but aside from I, I think they said that they're going to explain why it got delayed in the upcoming game developers. Um, oh, letter, okay. Letter, well, be, when. When you actually said it's not coming out, I was like, oh, is it just not coming out or it's just not coming out in May? Yeah, just okay. not in May. Because, I mean, that would be really unfortunate if it just was not coming out at well, all. This thing, has been, <laughs> this thing has been eagerly anticipated by the, the community for so long. It's getting close to two years now. But pretty much uh, in you know uh, this upcoming week, we'll have the game developers letter for the, the month in review. Um, and they should be explaining it there. Um, in addition, I believe it was today or yesterday. I haven't double checked the exact date of it, but the first quarter financial report came out and they gave some information about what's going on. Now, a lot of it personally, it's like, um, I don't know what these acronyms mean. <laughs> I, you know, EBITDA? Are they EBITDA positive? <laughs> uh, something. <laughs> but there are some parts it's like, okay, I, I can understand what this is. So, you know, These are good things. These are bad things. These are good but not as good these are bad but not as horrible you know there's some things you can pick out of it but um generally uh some interesting information that we found out was through a screenshot that they shared through there was that um at least a pair of outfits that will be showing up in tokyo which was uh the screenshot showed like a male schoolboy uniform it's like that that black suitish looking thing where it's got the suit jacket uh kind of deal if you've watched a lot of anime you've probably seen it and then there's the sailor girl suit kind of deal for the female version so it's like okay there's going to be the anime style um school uniforms okay i can't i can't speak to what actual ones are i could probably just go tap my brother who's recently come back from japan but that's a little a little little extra for what i need but um also they did mention that there is um some they gave a lot of information about the upcoming lego um minifig um game pretty much their you know the plans and how it's going to be released um what how it's progressing along and you know and their their projections on that but in general uh secret world is it is cash flow positive so the game is making money it 
from what I believe, if I'm again, if I read this correctly, I can totally have this wrong. And you're not a lawyer or accountant, so yeah, I am not. Okay. Um, The it is cash flow positive. I think if their total reserves are larger than it was last year, but the rate of their growth has declined. My assumption is because content there's been a, a massive slowdown in brand new content, and so you know when a game hasn't had an update your doldrums sit in and people start wandering off to other things. Plus there's been other games coming out, Elder Scrolls, Wildstar, um, whole bunch of other games, you know, grabbing people's attention. But my, my expectation as soon as Tokyo actually does come out, a lot of people are going to come running right in. So, oh, well, you know, I just, mean, you're hungry for this content. Oh, yeah. It's the equivalent of an expansion. It, yeah. it, it is. Oh, look, new shiny content with new crazy things. That's well, that will Tokyo always draw people back in. Yeah, Tokyo as a region is going to be the largest expansion since the launch. Oh wow! So it's like this is this is the equivalent of Burning Crusade for Secret World if you're comparing it like World of Warcraft. Wow, that's that's crazy. So net, but you know we have had some content. I'm going to turn over to Grimbane to give a quick discussion. Some of this may sound familiar if you've listened to previous episodes, but Grimbane's going to um, cover what has been going on since last we've been you know, on the show. Well, they've had, we've had the whispering tide for a few months now. It's, um, basically the, the filth is creeping into Agartha. Oh, that seems bad. <laughs> yeah. And over the past few months now, it's come in stages. And the first stage was sort of a resource dump where you used all your resources you've gathered to, basically fuel the portal so you can open it, go in, fight the bad guys. That's that's it in layman's terms. Well, we did that three times, and then the fourth time, I believe, we opened the big raid to fight Flappy, the giant 40-man raid did, bad does, guy. Does Johnny Feisty know about this? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you ever think that Flappy tells him anything i mean he didn't even tell johnny about the blizzcon that's true tickets. blizzcon tickets right oh, yeah that's that that's very that's very true but i just <laughs> think it's amusing it's like oh flappy that's probably not the actual name of the thing but it's just amusing that there's in fact the, you know. i think if we did tell johnny feisty he might not care too much he'll go hmm, just as well yeah, yeah go ahead and just you know don't kill him too hardly you know because you know you can kill on various degrees but please continue well Basically, what has happened this uh, past this entire month has been basically. Last month we fought Flappy. This month, the filth is making a one last ditch effort, and all the poor previous portals that we've closed have reopened gradually throughout the past month. So we're basically redoing that content, and then I don't know if Flappy's up again yet. Is he? Uh, He is up, but what originally happened was, and this caused a massive upset, was that when the redo happened, the Flappy Raid got locked again. Community got rather upset because to actually get to Flappy initially, there was a lot of investment of time and resources to get there. Um, So soon after the you know massive outcry, they reopened Flappy for the entirety of the whole thing. But, like, right now, uh, Flappy should be available, like, at, on his regular every three-hour intervals. In fact, I think, right, the in about five more minutes, the current cycle ends as we're broadcasting live. And then it's the, the downtime cooldown for the next oh, okay. two hours, and, uh, three-fourths, two and three-fourths of an hour. Yeah. So it's it's basically, you know, it's replay events, give everybody a chance to go into the... Um, areas and get the lore for the you know the completionists who didn't get to do it the first time, and to basically just get all the achievements. But we were supposed it was supposed to be the lead up for Tokyo, which theoretically should have been this week. Oh, but yeah, by the schedule, the, the Whispering Tide redo um, event this week, Tokyo would have come back would have been released. So we're so it's kind of a week of the and anticlimactic. Whoa! <laughs> As I punch my microphone, sorry about that. <laughs> but yeah, 
Whispering Tide still going strong. People still do it because it's it's relatively new content for somebody. <laughs> we 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 did the crap out of it <laughs> as a group there for a while. And let's see. Do you want to talk about the uh, Tokyo a little bit, Radozato? Um, well, we do know a bit about it. Um, anyone who is a subscriber can have access to the test live server. It's been a massive combat change in, a, in one passive ability that's got a lot of people in an uproar, primarily because everyone has glyphed up their gear a particular way built around you know what's the most optimal passive abilities in, in the decks. Well, this one particular passive, it's not exactly working how it should be working, and so it's making an unintended additional effect that's not exactly supposed to be doing. But how they're fixing it, in air quotes, <laughs> makes it so horrible that it's like, okay, there's no point using this ability anymore. And it completely just drops out um, a particular weapon set in the game and pretty much makes one thing no longer the top DPS threat and, at least for leech healers, they're top way to be able to heal you know, mo mo the most efficiently and effectively to now different groups be, um, being the top one. But it's not exactly a, okay, now this group is doing the same damage. It's like, now they are the, now they are the top by default. And it's a lot, it's markedly less damage, okay. output, threat, and, and so forth. And so there's been a lot of outcry and outlash about that. I'm not sure what exactly they're going to do, because again, it's still the beta. That might be what the delay is, is they're trying to come up with a better solution. I hope. That would be good. But <clears throat> that is one of the things there. Um, there the Aegis system is going to be part of the um, Tokyo launch. The next auxiliary weapon will not be in the initial release of Tokyo, but the following chapter after the you know what what should be coming out in June, um, we'll have the next auxiliary weapon. Still don't know what it is, but Okay. That's I was gonna ask because the auxiliary weapons have been pretty cool thus far, right? I mean like yeah. rocket launcher, flamethrower I mean, they're sort of heavy damage, like, you know, make a huge impact sort of thing. So that's, uh, that's, they've done interesting things, certainly. Oh, they've hey. definitely, they've shored up, a bit, you know, they've shored up or reinforced what different roles do or broaden your options. And okay. like, for some people, it's an extra impair, which is like on a massive budget, being able to interrupt, um, boss abilities or additional mitigation so you can have other you know for tanking or additional healing for healers or even dps being able to heal or dps being able to fit a better rotation to maximize their damage for their consumers by factoring in um, auxiliary weapons so it's like there's a lot of min maxing because of auxiliary weapons my assumption and my guess on what it's going to be is at least this is what I do, is it's going to be something Japanese-related since, you know, Tokyo's out, it's the new hotness, it's the cool thing. I'm, I'm sure they've already planned what all nine total thing, um, auxiliary weapons are going to be. My guess right now is maybe, like, a Magic No Mask would be pretty neat, but I don't know, it could be anything. I still want a Voodoo doll. I, that would be pretty fun, too. See, this is my fanfiction for an auxiliary weapon. <laughs> it's, it's a Voodoo doll... At the beginning of a boss fight, say you you tie your voodoo doll to the tank. If the tank dies, he gets an extra 10 seconds at half health. So he is alive 10 extra seconds after he dies, technically. Okay. So if something accidentally happens and you're like, oh, crap, tank just died. Suddenly he's got half health and you got 10 more seconds to kill that boss before he dies for real. Yeah. It would be, it would be an interesting thing, and I think you know, for you know, Grimbane's um, proposal seems to match closer to what Funcom has said, what their stated stance on how combat's supposed to be. But they've wanted combat to be a bit unforgiving, where it's like if you slip up and your character dies in a boss encounter, that's it. There's no second yeah. chance unless you wipe and restart. Which there you can. You know, say you know that's that's an admirable stance, but the other, you know the other hand is like there is a level of frustration as you're trying to learn the encounter. It's like I can see both ways. Oh, certainly, certainly. Well, and and also it's yeah, you get to you get to sit, stand in the circle of fun after like you have died, <laughs> and you get to watch everyone else fighting the boss, but you can't leave the little circle. But I I spent yeah. quite a bit of time in there. <laughs> 
that would be something good that I I think World of Warcraft could add in. Like say for example, you're dead. Well, granted, when you're dead, you're there with your corpse. But with the Secret World in the you know the Circle of Shame, there's a camera button you can click, and you can change whose perspective you're locked to and following. Oh, so you nice. Can actually watching the fight so say for example it's like oh you died but it's like you you know you're not excluded at you know it's not like world of warcraft where if you don't release you um well in world of warcraft you know you, you're released and you have to run back right. in secret world you don't have to release it but you're still dead at your corpse you can watch from that perspective but there's a timer before you auto release but when you go for the camera option at the the um animal well um you can actually you know change your you know whose focus perspective on it. i mean you can actually watch what's still going on so that even if you're out you can still go okay so what exact you know you can watch and see what's going on so you can still learn instead of just going oh i i derped i have no idea what's going on oh yeah you, you can still learn the mechanics of the fight yeah certainly and yeah. i i have to ask so i know you guys have both been playing this game for a really long time pretty much its launch so I noticed that you have AP and SP like flashing on the corner of the screen, which would drive me insane. Are, do you have all the abilities and those are just you're banking them for the next expansion? Almost. Um, for that, it's um, SP is your skill points uh, for unlocking the potential of everything. I have all the things I can spend SP on. So it's like this is the cap just like when the previous cap was around. So, you know, that's just how it is. I you know, you learn to deal with it. As for the AP, your ability points, I've got everything in the main wheel learned. I've got everything that's current in the auxiliary wheel learned. Mm. And then what I don't have all the way maxed out, unfortunately, is the augment system. But that one takes a bit of luck, grinding, money, and, um, you know, getting particular uh, currency drops so you can attune better augments that heighten and shore up um, the different abilities that you have. Oh, okay. So, example, so like, yes. the example of the current deck I've got now, you know, people are watching, um, I have, like, a healing augment over one of my builder abilities. Um, if I move... Yeah. If I move this away, you can see the where the ability was. It has, like, a, a red portion and a green portion. Oh, okay, but, matching know, the... Where you, okay. Yeah, that's, that's what kind of augments you can stick in that slot. So you can't just go, oh, I'm going to stick all my tank and stuff on everything. It's like you actually have to have tanking-related abilities to okay. put tank-related augments in there. So there is, there, you know, there's a heightened, you know, a, a, it did change a couple of, of the... Um, theory crafting for decks but not by too terribly much because it's still the all right what's your best thing you know within these abilities what's the best augments or you go if i want to include these augments what's the best abilities and it's kind of one of those two directions where you go mainly people lean towards the i have this deck what's the best augments to support that since that's right. the better performance and output and for those those watching or, or if you're not watching at home uh looking at radis screen makes me want to play simon because <laughs> one quadrant is red, one is yellow, one is blue, one is green, which I believe was the like old school like Simon games. So. I'm fairly sure those were the those were the four colors of Simon. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if that I'm not sure if that's the exact placement, but yes. like those. But it was just colors. it's funny that it's this thing in the center of the screen, and it's you know so. But yeah, that's was very amusing. But um, you know, we have learned other stuff about um, what's coming up in Tokyo. They had a big article. Um, over um, on the on the site earlier this month, you know, you know, again back when it was like everything's on schedule. Yeah. But they gave us information about you know some of the key people we're going to meet in the questing for Tokyo. I'm assuming a lot of these people are the quest givers, so you know it's like we'll talk with them and they'll tell us a bit of what's going on and and, con and continuing on with that. Uh, some of the people, uh, the most um, interesting person to me is someone named Sarah. Um, everyone who's played the game at the very beginning, you have this weird flashback where you're in the subway in Tokyo. Oh, yes. The, time, the very yeah, start like, of the game. But everyone's, you know, the the signature, um, fact, the three um, signature faction people who are there, they, they're interacting with you, but it's not you, you. It's some, you're, you're there at some, you're, you're in, you're inhabiting someone else's perspective. We finally get to learn whose perspective it is. It's oh. a, a lady named 
Nice. It's a lady named Sarah, and she's actually the protege of Arturo, who is like the, the elderly signature character who's been showing up during the Flappy Raid, who talks to everyone. He's kind of the, right now within the secret world, he is like the truly neutral factioned guy. But he's like, I think if, if there was a faction, he is like full on, you know, empowered by the bees, maybe, I'm not sure. <clears throat> but he is like a, a neutral party where it's like I'm I'm above and you know beyond whatever the the secret societies are. I care not what they do because I I serve a higher good order and power. I'm assuming Gaia. So, but or, or that's that's actually a little disturbing because if he's powered by the bees and the stuff is now creeping into where the bees are, that seems bad. <laughs> like, As for where the bees are, I don't think they're actually from Agartha. They, oh, okay. I don't recall exactly where they've said the origin of the bees are, but it is known, at least through, I know, I'm assuming that it's with the other two factions. I haven't gone as far. Uh, Grimbane can probably at least confirm this with the dragon oh. and Templars, but with the Illuminati, they are well aware. And at least with the last turn to Cairo chain, you find out that there is, there has been research on people who have been empowered by the bees. So, like, people are aware of the bees and some of the weirdness and powers of them, but they haven't pin down exactly where they're from or why they're from. Okay. So, uh, Quick correction, though. Um, Sarah is the protege of Arturo, who is from the Council of Venice. Well, his oh, last he's... name is Castiglione, so yes, I would assume yeah. that he would be part of the Council of well, Venice. <laughs> not necessarily, because there are some um, Venetians who are not, you know, who yeah. are have different surnames and from other nationalities, but oh, okay. the Venetians are also kind of the the old the old toothless wolves. It's like you know they want to have order and and good and peace, but, but they're they want, so they want to be their order. Yeah, they yeah. want to be their order. <laughs> yeah, but um, some other people who are like you know more specific to the area because like Sarah got heightened abilities because she was there at the um the. The, the incident at the subway and she got buried by all the stuff there and it like un unlocked a whole bunch of extra power. Um, but some other people from the region is there's a woman in Gozen who is um, the latest in an ancient family line that has been protecting Japan from the demonic and supernatural threats. Effectively, if you've watched the, um, if you've watched the anime or played the game series, Sakura Tyson or Sakura Wars, um, she's like that where it's like, you know, she's defending the region minus the steam powered, um, mech suits, unless she totally gets a mech suit, which, which awesome. I, I could totally see that happening in this game. <laughs> yeah, I would be, I was so happy if it's like, yes, someone has a mech cause you have to, <laughs> but like, you know, it's this very, you know, she's, you know, I, I would say like very traditional samurai kind of, at least that's how they describe the characters, like very traditional stoic samurai or technically samurai ko is who she is, but, um, uh, so, or like paladin, you know, lawful good paladin kind of person. Right. Well, it, yeah. it, it's either a mech or an Eva or, you know, name any, yeah. any number yeah. of, <laughs> of other things that happen. Look at her. She looks, she looks awesome. I got a picture of her pulled oh. up here. Oh yeah. But, um, uh, next person is a Oni called Imbeda and he is, he was, um, uh, banished and exiled from the demon society in that region. So it's like, you know, you are not allowed here. You know, you've brought great dishonor to our order. So they kicked him out. He's in exile. But, and so he started up a mercenary and bodyguard company out in Japan. And he kind of wants revenge on the people who ousted him. It's like, you know, you guys were jerks, so I hate you. And he kind of collects a whole bunch of different knickknacks and things. He loves his bling. Um, but he is, you know, bottom line, he, you know, he's, he, what he does is for profit. You know, he's got to fund what he's trying to do. Certainly. But, but, you know, he's got, you know, he's a, he's a Oni or demon with a, you know, a vendetta that's been festering for over 300 years. Cause you know, when you're eternal or live a very long time, you have very long grudges. That's just, that's, that's what happens. <laughs> Okay, um, the next person they go over is Daimon uh, Kyoda, who is the head of the occult branch of the Yakuza. Nice. So it's like, not only am I the mafia, but I'm like the magic part of the mafia. It's like, <laughs> oh, great. But like one, one of the interesting things they mentioned that he has, he's got a magic pachinko machine that like he 
runs it and it helps like divine stuff for him so you can tell like you know where something's going to happen and things like that well evidently this thing um has caught the attention of the dragon but also he's very well aware that the dragon's got his attention you know he's got the attention of the dragon he's also watching them because it's like you know this is mine I, I don't know if they have intentions of stealing it but it's like you know this is his thing and he's using it to you know keep order and you know, do his job, you know, dealing with the supernatural in his turf. So, uh, that's, that's the stuff going on with him. And then the final person they introduced, which is the most interesting, uh, this is what can possibly, this is what I, I would say, this is what happens to a red shirt when they actually survive the horrible <laughs> You thing. mean this is Guy? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. But it, um, his name is Kurt Buster, uh, Kuskazak, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, although that could be Czechoslovakian yeah. or, you know, Czech Republic and might not be pronounced mm-hmm. at all that way. So. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am guessing. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm a bit familiar with certain languages, but I am not going to claim I'm an expert. I can pronounce everything. It's like my educated guess is this is how you say it. Right. But I could be totally but wrong. Buster is easier. Yeah. Buster's is handle. So, <laughs> Buster, on the other hand, not to be confused with the Mythbusters um, uh, mascot, though he might be, <laughs> um, he's an Orochikor tank pilot. Um, he was um, transferred over to the Japan division. I'm assuming because Japan is where the headquarters of the Orochi Corporation is. So yes. he was probably getting like, you know, you're you're a distinguished person. You're, you know, you're high rank within this. You know, we're going to give you a nice cush job here at HQ because nothing happens here. Actually, oh. you're, uh, you're actually right. Um, the third zone in Tokyo is actually the Orochi Tower, which is the Orochi headquarters. Yeah. But so it's like, you know, oops, the incident in the subway. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, but he was, you know, since he was trans, he was transferred there beforehand. He was one of the first responders from the Rochi Corporation who was there. He is also the last uncorrupted member who was sent out there, and he is bat crazy in his tank. Okay, like, oh, as they describe great. him, he's like, you know. <laughs> poking his head out of the top of the tank like this paranoid gopher, shooting his pistol at any, you know, things that are real and imaginary. Maybe not imaginary, but yeah. we don't know. He's yeah, maybe he not. can see them and you can't. That doesn't mean they're not there. <laughs> yeah. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Exactly. But um, evidently we're going to be interacting with him quite a bit. But, you know, this is what, you know, this is what happens when the red shirt doesn't die instantly. So, um, but if you want to learn more about it, um, we will be including a link in the notes, uh, in the show notes so that people can read the more expanded versions of what I've read. Okay. Sounds good. And so I, AIE is currently, uh, you it looks like they've sort of plateaued in, uh, in progression. Uh, what, what's been going on there? Part of it again, uh, you know, other shiny things out there going on, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, new games coming out, uh, new, you know, everything out there. You yeah. got like weird pe- people named Crimson Bane, like he'll just dance there and scare everyone away. But <laughs> dancing next to a Dijin, um, like it's nothing. He's just, yeah, you know, like it's just standing there. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's other games, other, you know, there ha- like we said before, there's been a massive lull in brand new content. There was a set of side mi- um, investigations called side missions and stories, which was incredibly fun and, you know, well worth everyone's time. Like, people should try these out. They were, they were awesome, well-crafted um, adventures. One of them was incredibly frustrating, at least trying to um, to solve it, but like me, Grimbane, and uh, Mama Natrix, like one, one week during a general progression night, we just sat down. It's like, all right, we're going to play this investigation mission. Cause it's like, okay, who's done what, who hasn't done any. It's like, all right, this is the one none of us has touched. We're just going to brainstorm, you know, not do a walkthrough. It's like, we're going to brainstorm and figure this out. And we spent all night doing the one mission, but it was pretty, at least for me, it was pretty fun. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, at that point it's, you're, you're doing a collaborative. Cause I mean, I, the only board games I play anymore are the cooperative ones. And so that's basically the same thing. You're working together to solve a problem. And the investigation missions are the thing that no other MMO have replicated thus far. It's this weekend. This weekend, me, this weekend, me and 
like six of my friends, maybe seven, are gonna play Elder Chore. Yes. No. Yeah, no, it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, no, that's that's a good game. Um, I uh, is Elder Chore. Yeah, that's the the worldwide one, correct? Yes. The one. So I am now, I believe, a uh, two of eleven playing that game. Like. We just, we've gotten to the point that's like, oh, if we had two more turns, we would win. But nope, we lose. So yeah, no, I, I know I know how that goes. Yeah, Pandemic is a similar way. Yes. But as far as progression, we've kind of plateaued a bit. Like there was a lot of times where it's like, you know, we have the raw people who are progressed enough, geared enough to start doing some of the stuff. It's just that we've never actually had like 10 people often they're working on it. like we've actually um walked in and and um worked on both the new york city raid and uh the uh layer raid boss so like as you know full you know nothing but alaya yakta s you know members just in there working on this content um however there is another similar themed community um who's been uh that we've been in contact with and interacting with uh called uh in Vino Veritas, I believe it is. Yes, that is that is an yep. awesome name. <laughs> yeah. Which, for those who are un- unaware, it roughly translate the raw translation is in wine truth, or it's roughly, the, the expression means that in wine, or getting, you know, in, in being drunk, the truth usually comes out. The yes. expression shows up in many other societies and, and languages <laughs> and expressions, but it's effectively that when you get someone drunk and they get, start talking, they start Exactly. Rattling off the truth more like that more often than lies. Now they might be embellishing it, but the truth tends to come out. But you know, similar to like you know, Aleayakta est is another Latin phrase. Yes, very but much it's so. um, if you guys have been listening to um, previous um, podcasts, you might have heard in the the news. You know, um, a member named Dot Warner has you know been um, you know inviting us to you know participate in some of the stuff that they've been doing. Because they've got um, established runs that they do for a lot of, for all of this stuff, they have a sign up policy. A lot of the stuff the does favor people in their community. Of course, you know they're the ones hosting it and offering it. Oh yeah, but certainly. you know they you know they've they've offered the olive branch of the hey, if, you know we have no problem letting other people in and participating. You know, you know, be aware of their raid rules, follow their policies. They're great, friendly people, and you know things you know are, have been working out pretty good. Um, a lot of people who have interacted with them on on participating on the the raids that they solicit, you know, they've gone through, you know, go, you know, f- found out some of the finer, um, some f- uh, fine tuned tips about how to do certain things, um, fine tuned certain builds, um, worked on their gear a little better. So it's like a lot of people have come back on, you know, hey, here's some awesome things going on here, um, <clears throat> you know, coming back on like, hey, everyone, you know, here's something to get excited about. So we've had a, a nice friendly relationship with this community. So um, if you're if anyone is wanting to learn how to you know again properly and politely interact with this other you know friendly community, um, go to the secret world section in our forums for you know pretty much you know here's the primer of how to you know interact with our you know fellow community members. Okay, sounds good. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to mention before we uh, wrap this up here? Yes. No. Oh. Oh. Okay. Elder Scrolls and Secret World are awesome. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's our show for this evening. I want to thank both Radozato and Grimbane for joining us. So uh, Radozato, you are at Radozato on Twitter, correct? That is correct. And um, also, yes. also, you can find uh, the art, um, the blog that I write for. Though I think we're still finishing up a hiatus because the main people who curate and run the site are finishing up um, dealing with a move. Um, oh. From one area of the um, Seattle region to another, um, I don't know the particulars about it, but I do know there was a disagreement with the um, uh, apartment owners of the previous place. So it's like, oh. it's like, well, we're not liking things here, and there's evidently a mass exodus from that place. Which, oh. oof, that sounds ugly. <laughs> Yeah, good for some, bad for others, but it's like, so yeah. they got out to a different place, but it's like there was a bit of a hiatus needed to be done to, you know, um, get that move out of the way. But um, also people should probably look out for um, After Nerdtacular. I will be, pr- like last year, I'll run a series of, here's the games I played during Nerdtacular in oh, review nice. um, on, on the site um, net. Okay. 
And Grimbane, you are at Sundry Photos, which is S-U-N-D-R-Y Photos, and at, it looks like, sundrycreations.net. Yep. Okay. That's my portfolio. <laughs> okay, so next week we will be talking to Cav, who is the leader of Wildstar, and Duras, uh, about the newest game going through the AIE GERT process, Wildstar. Stay tuned. We've got a great ride of AIE member segments in, coming right up, including Ask Miss Mulgra, Buxley's Journal, Epic Diapers, and much lesser-known Shaws. If you need to reach us, we can be emailed at podcast at aie-guild.org. Our Twitter handle is at AIE Podcast. I am at Show Not Found, and my cohorts are at Accuzod and at Aludra underscore AIE. We record live with video every Thursday. I apologize if the site was a bit of a mess tonight. Uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, you can join the chat room and play along with us or watch one of our past shows on our website at theaiepodcast.com. Our theme was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen. Follow him at Keys with Soul or visit his website at keyswithsoul.com. Ramka, and welcome to Ask Miss Mulgra, your source on matters of etiquette in Azeroth. Today's question is, I have heard that someone is making a movie about Azeroth. If I live in Thunder Bluff, would it be appropriate for me to take part as a human if I still have my mask from Hallow's End? I am not sure that a Tauren could ever masquerade as a human. You see... Humans do not have a tail, and taurons tend to have rather long, swishy tails. It would be a dead giveaway, even with the modern miracle of CGI. Perhaps you should consider a part as... Hold on, did you say they are shooting a movie? Here in Azeroth? <clears throat> I am sure there must be a part for a beautiful but deadly orc shaman. Uh, producer... Uh, we should be making inquiries in this regard. Uh, pardon? Uh, what do you mean the movie has wrapped? I do not remember anyone scheduling my close-ups. Uh, oh, Torin, yes. Uh, so, I think you should run very quickly before they put the cameras away and make sure they get your good side. I am Miss Mulgrim, and that is my advice. How come I gosh? Follow at Miss Mulgra on Twitter or listen to previous episodes at MissMulgra.com. Buxley. 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 Um, he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid who's going with this girl who saw Buxley pass out in Thunder Bluff last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Welcome to Buxley's Journal. Dear Journal, it's been a couple weeks since I wrote about sigils I was sent out to get, and I thought I should write an update about how this is going. In a word, weird. This prince sends me out to kill dungeon bosses so I can get these sigils. They're wisdom sigils and they're power sigils. I figure, how hard can this be? I mean, I've collected all kinds of things for people over the years in Azeroth. This can't be much harder than getting pelts, right? The tough part is waiting in line. There are three lines for dungeons. One for people that can DPS... Another for healers, and another for tanks. The line for the DPS folks is really long. It starts in the woods outside of Ogremar. It goes down the river, over the mountains, down the trenches, and all the way past Gadgetan, all the way through Aldham, out into some pontoons that are wading out into the ocean, and you, you start there. You better bring something to eat and read, because you're going to be waiting for a while and walking the whole way all the way up to the back of the front of the line. But I never did see anyone in the lines for the healers or the tanks. I didn't even know where to find the lines at first. Well, it turns out there are flying limousine mounts that take priests and tanks straight to the dungeons. They even have food on the flights. It's crazy! I even saw some tanks and healers take flights, get food, and then bail out at the last second before heading into the dungeon. Now, I know not all tanks and healers act this way. But I really wish the DPS folks had a flying limousine mounts like that. If you'd like to see what I'm up to, follow Ask Buxley on Twitter. Epic Diapers. 
Although we're still months away from the new expansion dropping, we have gotten a sneak peek on many of the new features coming our way. Recently, Blizzard gave us a little more information on the new Garrison feature, where we'll be able to build our own little buildings in various zones. Well, I have exciting news! Blizzard has given me special pre-alpha, beta, gamma, zeta, eta, theta, pre-pre-omega access to the expansion, specifically to test out this new Garrison feature. So, here we go. I've already logged in, and now I'll bring up the Garrison tab. And, uh, wow! Wow, look at that! I have 21 building choices! Sheesh, that's a lot. Uh, let's see. I can build a lumber mill, sparring arena, a forge, and... Huh, looks like there's another tab here. Uh, it's labeled Game Master Only? Ooh, this looks cool. Holy sh! Look at this! They have several kinds of bars to choose from? A strip club? A casino? A Roman bathhouse? What do these Game Masters need? Uh, here's something a little odd. A garrison labeled, quote, where Chris Metzen's ideas go to die. Gosh, I wonder what's in there. I'm a little curious. All right, just wait a second while I open up the doors. Previously on Azeroth Choppers. No! You can follow me at Epic Diapers or visit my blog at epicdiapers.com. I also co-host TortureCast with Willie Dills and Kids Are Hard with my wife, so be sure to check those out. And for you science geeks out there, I'll be a special guest on This Week in Science with Dr. Kiki Sanford on June 12th, so look for that soon. And remember, it's hard to balance the pew-pew with the poo-poo. Greetings. This is Rasklin presenting another installment of our ongoing informational series, Other, Much Lesser Known Shahs of Pandaria. Tonight, the Shah of Nihilism. This is a young Shah, and the adventurers will find the fight made extremely difficult due to its special attack. This does not remove nor lessen any of the hero's abilities. It just discourages the group from wanting to use any of them because, well, what's the point? The encounter thus becomes an extended impasse, as neither side really wants to even bother continuing, until one side finally and fully embraces the futility of it all, and just gives up, awarding the fight to the other side. Should the heroes emerge triumphant from the encounter, they almost never even bother to look for their reward, since any loot obtained would be totally meaningless anyway. The Lorewalkers of Pandaria say this Shaw will be much easier to deal with in a few years after it acquires a bit more maturity, moves out and into a lair of its own, and its abilities become less pronounced. We now return to your regularly scheduled raid wipe already in progress. So, until next time, AIE, this is Gomez, and this has been... The AIE Podcast. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.